Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good morning. Welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. We're back after a brief holiday break. We all hope that you had an enjoyable 4th of July uh, long weekend and weekend after that. Uh, today we are continuing our preseason conference previews. We go to the Big 12 uh, this week. We'll talk about uh, the themes that are that are popping up in this conference, teams to watch, a conference title game pick, uh, and, and our games, uh, you know, the, the games that we would road trip to uh, for this year. We'll also touch on uh, realignment a little bit. It is still a lot of moving pieces and rumors uh, and things like that, but we'll we'll touch on it, what, what uh, the future of the Big 12 looks like because they are expanding next year um, before Oklahoma and Texas move out. So we'll touch on that, why it's important for some of these middle-of-the-pack teams in the Big 12 are uh, – Need to, need to win and, and up their brand as well. So uh, before we get to it, we want to say that today's episode of the Hoosier Huddle podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink, spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All we ask you uh, ask is that you close the door behind you, and we're trying not to let the funk out. All right, TJ, the Big 12. Uh, there are some really interesting overarching themes for the Big 12 this year. Um, without conference um, expansion and realignment and things like that, uh, Oklahoma has a new coach. Is Texas back? It seems like we do this every year. Is Texas back? Are there going to be playoff teams uh, and, and things like that? And, and who's going to win this conference? So let's start um, with Oklahoma. They had been the premier program in this conference uh, for a long time. They're heading to the SEC in 2025, if not earlier. Um, depending on what changes, uh, you know, every other hour. Um, but Lincoln Riley left. He's heading to USC. Uh, they bring in Brent Venables. They lose a lot of star power to the transfer portal. Yeah, they brought some uh, some guys back in through the uh, transfer portal, like Dylan Gabriel, quarterback from UCF. Is Oklahoma going to take a step back, TJ? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, the question is not going to be 
do that issue because I think that is absolutely inevitable that it takes a little step back uh, from where Lincoln Riley had the program. The question is, how quickly can Brett Venables get the program to where their fans want it to be? Can he get the program there? Uh, it's a hire that made a lot of sense from a culture standpoint. It seems to fit. Uh, it's certainly going to be a different program, as, as Venable definitely uh, defensive side of the ball versus um, Lincoln Riley. Now, Jeff Levy, I thought, was a, a good hire uh, as a play caller and offensive coordinator. Getting Dylan Gabriel for quarterback is a good start. He's a, a different kind of guy than Caleb Williams, but a, a good quarterback for sure. Transfer from UCF. Um, they just they lost so much from last season. They bring back only nine starters. Uh, lost quarterback, leading rusher Kennedy Brooks, three of the top four receivers. The offensive line had departures. Uh, the defense lost their best players. Um, Nick Benito, Perry Winfrey. I mean, those guys are gone. So you're starting over really from scratch, uh, nearly. You know, you did have a lot of talent brought in via recruiting. Uh, they had some good additions via transfer portal, but still, I, I don't see any way that Oklahoma um, is a contender for the playoff, which is where Lincoln Riley had them annually. I don't see how they this roster contends for a playoff position this season. I think that long-term, I think Venables has the potential to be quite successful. Uh, Short term, I don't see them as a playoff contender this year, and I really don't see them as a major threat to win the conference either. Yeah, it's interesting because Oklahoma, this is their like first time you feel really unsure about them in like two decades. Uh, you know, that Bob Stoops came in, did really well with the program. He retired, which is kind of shocking. But you had Lincoln Riley come in and basically pick up where where Bob Stoops left off, if not did uh, a bit, much better job than Stoops in his last couple years. Uh, a lot of the projections do have Oklahoma around eight, nine wins. I want to know how this fan base is going to react to it because we've seen these blue blood programs before have a coaching transition like this. Uh, it's not a rebuild, but kind of a reconstruction uh, of the program and just never recover. We've seen it at Michigan. We see it at Tennessee. You see it at Texas. You've seen it at USC uh, and, and things like that. So that's what I'm interested in is how patient is this fan base? If they go nine and four or nine and three and don't win a Big Ten title and nine and three is not getting into the playoff either. Um, are they going to be satisfied that is that a good first year for Brent Venables and, and moving forward? So definitely Oklahoma is a team to watch and we, we will get to that playoff. Um, does the big 12 have a firepower to make it to the playoff? And I'm going to go and say, no, you, I think the playoff this year might be the year you get a two loss team in maybe. Um, or you're, you're looking again at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. 
in as your four uh, with the with the one loss team getting in. Maybe a group of five team like Cincinnati sneaks in, although they've lost a ton of talent. It just seems prime for a year that a two loss team can sneak into the playoff. But I don't know if there's going to be a two loss team in the Big 12. It seems like everybody's ceiling is right around that that three loss mark, four loss mark. Uh, you know, in this conference, there's no elite team. Uh, do you think, uh, do you have that same feeling I do? I, I, Baylor, Baylor might be a little higher ceiling than three losses. Um, I think that they're very stable, uh, particularly along the lines of scrimmage. Um, I think that Dave Aranda clearly a very good coach uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Jeff Grimes really brought them forward on offense. They averaged eight points a game more in 2021 than they did in 2020, uh, Aranda's first season. I think he got a lot more aggressive um, on, you know, kicking field goals versus going forward on fourth down. Uh, punting versus going for it on fourth down. He got a lot more aggressive with those things, and it paid off big time. Uh, they were up almost two yards per play from 4.4 to 6.3, and Blake Shapin is at quarterback, which I think is going to help their passing attack quite a bit. They do have to replace uh, some skill position guys, but the offensive line and the defensive line are possibly dominant uh, on both sides of the ball up front in this conference. So I think that there's a chance for Baylor to possibly challenge for the playoff. I don't see them getting in. Again, I, I think that there's a bit of a lack of offensive firepower uh, at the skill position that keeps Baylor from that mark. Um, they've got a fun week two game at BYU, uh, which – yeah, I think it's going to show us a lot about both of those squads. Uh, but beyond that, Oklahoma State's at home, and they have to go to Texas and to Oklahoma. So they'll they'll have the schedule to maybe you know showcase themselves as a, a playoff team. I just don't think there's enough there that even if they lose only two. I don't think there's enough there for them to be that two-loss team that gets in the playoff. Uh, so I see Baylor as the favorite in this league. Baylor's my pick to win the league. Uh, I, I think that their ceiling is higher than the three losses, the nine and three record you mentioned. I think they can get to a ten and two, but I don't see that as being good enough to make the playoffs. So um, I don't see a playoff contender in this league, but if I had to choose one, I'd go with Baylor based on their line play on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's Baylor had their shot. Uh, you know, they, they won last year uh, and a bounce back under um, under their new coach there, uh, Dave Aranda. I think Oklahoma State is another interesting pick because they've been – kind of on that precipice of finally winning the big 12 uh, and, and getting, you know, taking that next step. And I think it helped, they, they kind of did that last year, except they fell apart in the big 12 championship game and were inches short of, of winning that. 
um, but they were stopped at the goal line. With Oklahoma down, that could help them uh, go forward. You do have the best quarterback in the league, I think, in in Spencer Sanders coming back. Um, You've got three out of your – you know, four starting linemen coming back in that two deep as well. That defense will need to be remade because you only have three returning starters in that starting lineup, five in the in the two deep uh, as well. Can they get over that hump and, and win a Big Ten, a Big Twelve title? Uh, I don't think they have the strength of schedule to if they are a two loss team make it to the playoff. Central Michigan at home, Arizona State, who we'll talk about in the Big 12, but it seems like a bomb is going to go off there uh, in terms of, you know, NCAA investigations and Herm Edwards and and all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on at Arizona State with transfers as well. They're not going to be a strong team. Then you have Arkansas Pine Bluff. That's not a great slate to if you end up losing to Oklahoma or Texas or any of the other big 12 teams, you, you, I don't think that's, that's enough to, to get you in. However, I do think they're, they can make a run for the, for the big 12 title as well. Um, especially playing Texas at home, uh, West yeah. Virginia at home and Iowa state at home. Yeah, my problem with Oklahoma State, you mentioned the roster part there, but I I really have a hard time picking them to be the team that's going to be able to, to do it this year based on games at Baylor, at Kansas State, who I really like, and at Oklahoma. Uh, so really, you're looking at kind of those next, the other contenders, unless you include Texas as one, and they're playing on the road. Uh, in each of those games, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas are considered kind of the top four, with Baylor, I think, the consensus favorite, if there is one in this league, Uh, and they've got to go to Baylor, albeit coming off of a bye week for them, so that's uh, a nice little break, I suppose. Um, At Kansas State, after a game against Texas, which is going to be difficult, uh, and then at Oklahoma, uh, at the back end of the schedule on November 19th. So I, I think that with all the turnover that they have along the defense, um, they also lost their defensive coordinator to Ohio State. Uh, that could be an issue, might not be. Um, you know, they promote from within there and, and we'll see what happens with that defense, but they have to replace a lot of personnel. Um, and then they also have to replace you know, their top pass catcher from last season, um, along with the, I, I think, yeah, uh, leading rusher, Jalen Warren. Yeah. So they lost their top running back as well. Um, and Spencer Sanders turns the ball over too much for my liking. Uh, he had 12 interceptions just last season, along with some fumbles. I think there's too many turnovers there. Uh, Oklahoma State's a very good team. And I, I think that they continue this theme throughout the Big 12 of really good teams without possibly any great ones. Um, I think you can go pretty easily. They uh, personally, I've got it at five, uh, five deep in the Big 12 that I feel 
those are top 25 caliber teams. And I go down to Kansas State with that. Um, I, Iowa State, right below it, I don't feel quite as good about them in that top 25. But, you know, I'd go five top 25 teams, but probably none that I would say those are top 10 teams. Um, so I think it's going to be a ton of entertaining games and a ton of very close competitive games in this league. Uh, but I, I would not go with Oklahoma State just because of all the transition on that roster, a quarterback that I don't really trust, and a difficult in-conference schedule. Um, the out-of-conference, you're right, that Arizona State game, really the only game of note, and that should be a pretty easy win for the Cowboys. Um, so I, I think if if this Oklahoma State schedule uh, was with last year's team, I think you'd have a playoff contender right there, but it's not. And I don't think that they're capable of kind of taking all of the transition in the coaching staff. Derek Mason's the new defensive coordinator. I'm sure he'll do a good job, but uh, so much transition in that defense at the skill positions, somewhat up front. They lost two offensive line starters and a difficult in-conference schedule. I don't think this is the year that they break through and get that conference crown. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, might be a forgotten power five conference because they don't have a playoff contender. But one of the things I love about college football is that you still have a lot of teams very close in talent and that usually makes for good games. Um, Let's get to Texas. Uh, They were, Big news this offseason with recruiting. They get Arch Manning. Uh, they have Quinn Ewers transferred there as well. It seems like they win the offseason more times than not, um, but don't produce on the field. Last year, under Steve Sarkeesian, start, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, they went 5-7. and seven. They lost to Kansas in overtime. Um, after starting the year, they started the year four and one and they had a 21 point lead on Oklahoma and ended up losing that game which kick-started a six game losing streak before they beat they held on to beat Kansas State at the end of the year to finish five and seven um are you buying Texas? Are we selling Texas? Is it wait and see? Or is this just what Texas is? Win the offseason, make a lot of noise, say Texas is back, and then go out, start hot, and, and fall apart. I want Texas futures stocks uh, because they are recruiting at a really high level. I don't think that that talent increase is really going to start paying dividends uh, until the 2023 season and beyond. Um, you know, I, I, I do think it'll be an improvement on five and seven for sure. Uh, defense is the big question mark. I mean, they, their defense stunk last year, gave up more than six yards to play, uh, more than 31 points a game, got run on every contest really i mean they they average giving up over 200 rushing yards a game and they only return four starters now you could look at that as good news bad news uh 
you know, the bad news is you only get four starters back. The good news is they weren't very good anyway. Uh, so are you losing much there? Um, we'll see. I mean, they they didn't pressure the quarterback. They didn't generate turnovers. Uh, it, really not much to hang your hat on with defense. So we'll see what they can do on that side of the ball. The offense is fascinating. Quinn Ewers uh, will probably take over uh, as quarterback. He's, you know, the much who transfer from Ohio State, uh, five-star quarterback that, um, you know, originally from Texas, he returns back to Texas, and we'll see. I mean, he still has not attempted a pass yet, so I don't think you can sit here and call him the savior, and he might only have one year before Arch Manning takes over. Who knows? It's, it's a very interesting situation there, but... Uh, where you like them quite a bit is B. John Robinson at running back. He's really good. Uh, they've got a couple of five-star freshmen on the offensive line that might both start at tackle, uh, which is going to be interesting. You know, I think by the end of the year, they'll look pretty good. But at the start, maybe that's a bit of a rocky transition. Uh, they've got some good receivers. So I think you see enough to be optimistic that they improve. I don't see near enough to actually contend for the conference title because you're going to have to be good week in and week out in this league. There are enough teams in this league that can beat you if you are not 100% focused. I don't see Texas having that level of maturity with their young talent uh, to be able to actually contend for a Big 12 title. So I'm going to go an improvement from five and seven. I like the long-term future and how it's stacking up with Sarkeesian, how he's recruiting. The question is going to be, can he win enough to keep the fans and the big-time boosters off his back while they build this? Or is it going to be a knee-jerk reaction to another subpar season in their eyes, and they are going to start putting pressure on him to, to kind of accelerate this timeline um I, yeah i think also they, they play they get alabama in week two um at home well and yeah i i i don't want to say that that game is going to define your season because they're probably going to lose they're probably going to get smashed um but i i think the oklahoma no one, game is, is critical i really do yes. uh brent venables in his first season as a head coach, it's October 8th. You're, I look at it as you've got ULM, that's 1-0. Alabama's a loss, that's 1-1. After that, UTSA, tricky game, but you should win. At Texas Tech, should win. Another first-year head coach. And Joey McGuire, West Virginia, should win. So you're looking at where you should be as four and one heading into the Oklahoma game. You've got a chance to beat Oklahoma. You should beat Oklahoma based on where you should be at in your development as a program versus where Brent Venables might have things with his roster, which is in major transition. That's one that I feel Steve Sarkeesian really needs to have to show his boosters, look, I'm making progress. Yeah, I, I agree on that. I'm just if I'm a 
looking from the outside in, they can't let the Alabama loss, and we'll put it as a loss, turn into two or three. Because you could get smashed by Alabama, kind of like what happened against USC a couple years ago. Um, Or not USC. What USC did, uh, what happened to USC against Alabama, I think they lost like 56 to 10 or something. Uh, And their season just was off the rails after that. But if, yeah, Oklahoma is probably that, that crossroads. But if you're a booster and you're looking at it, that we're going to the SEC in, in a year or two, and we're not even close to Alabama on the field, you might get an itchy trigger finger um, or a knee-jerk reaction because they've done it before, and that's what Texas does. The new coach comes in, they give them a couple years, they lose a stupid game, fired. It's happened to the previous two coaches and, and things like that. So we'll see. Texas is interesting. They'll, they, they, they have to, I mean, get over 500 at, at least. And I think with the, how down the Big 12 is, that's very doable. But is seven and five in year two under Sarkeesian good enough? Um, especially with how he's starting to recruit. Uh, we'll see. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, a little conference realignment, um, TJ. A lot of things happened. The, the Pac-12 has lost uh, USC, UCLA. Rumors are that the Big Ten. SEC and maybe even the Big 12 are uh, going to gobble up some ACC, some Pac-12, uh, maybe the Big 12 disbands. But I, you, the Big 12 is getting uh, some reinforcements next year. That you're bringing in UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, um, and there's one other, but I forgot. Um, and another uh, another school to that conference, which should up their profile uh, a lot, does I think for for the health of their conference, they need teams like TCU, uh, Kansas State to get back on track. You need Iowa State to stay better. You know, see what they do after losing Brock Purdy um, and and others off of probably their most talented team ever. You need West Virginia to do something uh, as well. But I I do think they have an infusion of talented teams coming in that expands their footprint, you know, to the Midwest. Uh, We'll call Utah the West Coast, but you you get BYU um, and you get down South in Florida. So I think they're in good shape, but I also think this is a big year because they're not going to make the playoff that some of these middle of the pack teams have to be decent enough to say, Hey, you know, a lot of these teams are developing. They're in the middle of the pack. uh, So they don't become that kind of, you know, the, the ugly stepchild of of the power five or what's left of the power five in a couple of years. I think, um, It's just so difficult to talk about this because I, I, there's so many moving parts still to be determined. Um, 
you know, this is the last season that the Big 12 will have this iteration. Uh, I think it will continue to be a really fun and competitive league. I don't think that their expansion changes the equation for the Big 12 in terms of actual playoff contenders. I think the only programs you have that can be consistent playoff contenders are Oklahoma and what Texas hopes they can be, um, and they are exiting the, the league. So um, I think there's a lot of moves still to be determined. Uh, you know, we could see a merger of the Big 12 and what's left of the Pac-12, perhaps, if um, some more changes occur there. I think that they'll continue to be a fun competitive league. I'm not sure how relevant it's going to be to the national playoff picture. Um, and, and for me, you know, and you, college football, you know, nuts, that's fine. We're going to watch these games because they're a ton of fun. These teams mostly play a very fun brand of football. Um, I mean, a, a team like Kansas State, a lot of people probably find them totally irrelevant. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. I think Chris Kleiman's a really good coach. I think they're incredibly fundamentally sound. Um, I think that they have one of the more exciting players in college football and Deuce Vaughn. Uh, and I am really looking forward to watching them play. Uh, but, you know, for TV contracts, Kansas State doesn't do anything for you as a league. Um, and, college football playoff-wise. They'll never be involved, likely. So you almost have to separate it into to two different parts, like what is relevant in terms of the college football playoff talk and the conference alignment talk and what's relevant in terms of college football fandom talk. And I think the Big 12 is still very relevant as a fun college football conference for fans um, and a lot of very passionate fan bases within that conference. I just, I don't see a pathway right now for it to be relevant on the national college football stage though. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that there. And maybe when you bring in these other schools, um, you know, Cincinnati's made a playoff more recently than, you know, anybody not named Oklahoma, uh, even yeah. Oklahoma, but anybody in the Big 12, uh, UCF had an undefeated season in 2017 and proclaimed themselves national champions. Um, they'll, they knocked off Florida on bowl game last year. I think they'll get that infusion of talent. Maybe they go get Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. And that's, to me, is, you know, Utah gives you another playoff contender. Uh, we'll talk about them on our next preview with, with the Pac-12, but they give you another team who could contend for the playoff um, as well. Uh, but it, everything will – hopefully it all does settle soon. But right now there's a lot of rumors going around, um, and, and we'll see we'll see where the, the cards fall. Let's get to our Big 12 championship game pick. So if you don't follow the Big 12, they don't do divisions. They do a round robin. There are 10 teams in the Big 12. So they do a nine-game conference schedule, do a round robin. And the top two teams go to the Big 12 championship game. 
Uh, TJ, who are your picks for the Big 12 championship game? I'm going to go with Baylor. Um, and it is a pick that probably doesn't actually make any sense, but I'm really rooting for it to happen. Uh, Kansas State, um, again, I think Baylor is the class of this league. I do have them winning the league, going 10-2 and two, uh, in regular season, 11-2 and two overall. Um, but I like Kansas State to really be a surprise. So I'm going to throw them in there as well. Um, the big question is going to be, can Adrian Martinez make winning plays as, as opposed to boneheaded plays that cost you games? Can the change from Nebraska to a culture like Kansas State, can it have that much of an impact on him? I think they've got answers at the rest of the spots. So if they can get a pretty good season from Martinez, I like what Kansas State could be, so I'll toss them in there. Uh, but Baylor is my pick to win the league. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Baylor against Oklahoma State. Um, I just don't trust Adrian Martinez, one, to stay healthy, and two, yeah. he always – maybe it's just being at Nebraska. Um, right. And whatever bad juju is going on in Lincoln – but um, he tends to make a spectacular, like you said, the spectacular play and then the spectacular turnover. Uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma State as the runner-up and have a rematch from last year's championship game. Um, yep. I like Spencer Sanders. If he cuts down his interceptions, I do think he's, pro he's probably the most talented quarterback in that league right now uh, who's actually played a game. I know Quinn Ewers was the number one quarterback coming out of high school a couple of years ago, but he's bounced around. Um, so Oklahoma State and Baylor, and I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give Baylor the, the, uh, the leg up and, and have them as the big 12 championship uh, champions. However, I don't think anybody in that conference uh, stays you know, out of the two or three loss range, uh, and that'll keep them out of the playoff for, for another year. All right. Uh, and before we get out of here, TJ, we are going to do our Big 12 road trip of the year. Which game yeah. are you are you picking? Yeah, this is definitely not an area of the country that I've had much exposure to. Um, I... I there are several places I'd love to go see a game, but just picking one game that I think always looks awesome on TV, uh, despite how likely swelteringly hot it would be, uh, go to the Texas State Fair uh, and see Oklahoma versus uh, Texas at Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas. Um, it, it always looks like a, an awesome atmosphere. We know it's going to likely be a very entertaining game. Uh, and I do think that there are definitely stakes for this one, uh, for these two programs that are in relatively new eras. Oklahoma definitely in one, and Steve Sarkeesian um, in year two at Texas. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, the Red, River, Red River rivalry uh, between Oklahoma and Texas on Saturday, October 8th. Uh, again, lots of good options for this one, but that seems like a game that rarely disappoints. 
Yeah, there are lots of good options, including the uh, revival of the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pittsburgh. That was a rivalry. I I hated to see that's on September 1st, uh, Thursday night. Um, although that, that wouldn't be my pick uh, this year as both teams are kind of, you know, Pitt's coming. They, they need to rebuild um, after Kenny Pickett uh, goes to the draft. And West Virginia, we'll see what they could do with JT Daniels. But, you know, they're picked at the middle of the pack as well. I would be heading to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State uh, for Bedlam. At, it's uh, in Norman this year. It's a, a big rivalry game. A conference championship berth is probably going to be on the line there as well. Uh, and that is November 19th. So it's prior to Thanksgiving is when they're they're pr- playing their annual rivalry game with Oklahoma State. Uh, that's a game uh, I would go to uh, travel in Oklahoma for a game. Looks awesome. You see the, the, the Sooner Schooner um, and, and all the tradition that goes there. Plus, it's a little different than um, than Texas OU and the Red River Red River rivalry, although that would also be on my bucket list to go to 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 go to the state fair, go to the game, and try all the stuff down there. Although I'm not too sure about the hot dog flavored beer that they're serving this year, hot dog water flavored beer that they're serving this year down at the Texas Fit State Fair. But outside of that, uh, that would be a great time. However, I am going to go with Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma this year. Yeah, that uh, again, that'd be a really fun one too for sure. Uh, two rivalry games is kind of our our theme there, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Those are games that rarely disappoint. So um, I I think that what stands out to me again in this league is a whole lot of good teams, possibly no great teams, but I do think there are a couple that have potential to to kind of go up a level uh, from what we expect of them this season. So I think this will be a a really fun league to have on uh, on your TV when you're not watching IU because it's more times than not going to be really entertaining. Yeah, um, it's usually high scoring, although it seems like defense is coming around in the Big 12 and starting with yeah. Baylor. But they're usually high scoring. There's usually a, a handful of upsets every year, and maybe – you get another Kansas upset over Texas. Um, you never know. But uh, it's always fun to watch and, and it's interesting to keep an eye on, even though we don't think that they're going to be in the, you know, talk come November for, for the playoff. Uh, you do have some games uh, that might affect who gets into the playoff. If, if Alabama goes in and gets lost to Texas, you never know. Um, and, and things like that. Uh, Baylor at, at BYU is another game to watch that could impact, uh, you know, the playoff. You, you get a, a win at BYU and it's a pretty good BYU team. Baylor's could find their way into the conversation. Um, but, you know, we'll see. And then there's going to be a lot of our Texas and Oklahoma ready to go to the SEC. So, Well, that does it for today's podcast. Our next preview is going to be the Pac-12. It could be our final Pac-12 preview, TJ, um, 
of the conference. So uh, kind of a sad one, a special one, um, but we will be previewing future Big Ten foes, UCLA and USC. Um, in the next podcast, TJ, thanks as always. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk next time. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. All right. That does it for today's edition of the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We hope you enjoyed our Big 12 preview. Uh, you can keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com as our countdown to kickoff continues. We have also put out our first glance previews for the first five weeks um, of games for IU and it's an in-depth look that are are at the IU's opponents uh how they finished last year a program overview so take a look at that get ready for the season uh you can follow us on twitter at hoosier underscore huddle uh, and we'll be back next time to talk pack 12 uh and beyond The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.